0: Well, week two of the XFL, the season begins Thursday night. You got St. Louis, the Battle Hawks taking on the Seattle Sea Dragons. It continues Saturday, the D.C. Defenders and the Vegas Vipers. Both of those games, by the way, are on FX. Plus Sunday, the San Antonio Brahmas, the Orlando Guardians are on ESPN at 4 Eastern. And the Arlington Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, ESPN 2. That comes your way at 7 Eastern. All four games, though, are available on ESPN Plus. Meanwhile, guys, on Planet Earth, D Wood, take a look at this. Check out this catch by DK Metcalf. Oh. Uh, God. God. oh How about that? Oh, 29 boy. million views of this thing, man, on social media. Look at that. Now, my question here, D Wood, he got bunnies. Yeah. But is that real or is that fake? Come on, man.
1: Oh, man. After I wanted to see the I, Steph Curry videos and all that stuff. I'm like, I, man, like, like, I know how high DK can get up. Yeah. Like, that dude got yeah. real bunnies on yeah. him, but that looked kind of that looked yeah. too that. crazy, do not it? it? It does. It looks looks too crazy, but man, I'm not putting anything past DK Metcalf. Uh,
2: you know, I look at that. Seattle has to be number one in red zone every year now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what do you think?
0: Yeah, what do you he, think? Is he that real? Effect? Forty
3: po- It is, like I don't want to be the get off my lawn, like too smart guy, but it's, I mean he jumped 40.5 inches at the combine. We have on record his vertical. I love it, I think it's a great video, it's super fun. But let's relax on whether it's real or fake.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying, that is awesome. Uh, Welcome back. Uh, We are what you are watching get up. We are live from the seaport. It's brought to you by Grey Goose. I'm Brian Custer in for Greeny. Mike T is here. Damian Woody's here. Of course, you got Jeff Darlington. He's with us as well. We got a lot of football to talk to. But first, we got to get to you the big game of the night. And it was the NBA All-Star game. Team Giannis facing Team LeBron. And we pick it up in the first quarter, and LeBron James went right to work. How about this, throwing it off the backboard to himself. That is phenomenal for a guy 20 years in the league. And Jason Tatum was like, yo, what you can do, I can do as well. He does it as well. And Tatum, a big night for him in the All-Star game. But let's get to the second quarter. Watch spicy P, Pascal Siakam go to the rim. But watch LeBron try the block, and his finger gets caught in the rim. LeBron would leave after this. At 13 points after the game, said his finger's going to be okay. Let's get to the third quarter, though. Team Giannis up three, Jason Tatum from the logo. He was 10 of 18 from distance. He scored 27 in that third quarter alone. Team Giannis up six. Then up seven, Dane Lillard, the three-point champ. Just across half-court. Look at Luka. He's like, come on, man. That guy's got range. Then Jalen Brown on his teammate. He looks at Jason Tatum and like, nah, you're too small. Too small. Nothing small about Tatum's game. He came up big in this one. 22 of 31 from three point range. Ended with an all star game record, 55 points. Team Giannis knocks off Team LeBron 184 175. Here's Malika Andrews with the MVP.
3: When did you know that this was going to be a history making night?
1: Uh, I really didn't know. I didn't know what the record was. And uh, some way mid- through the f- fourth quarter, Dane was like, yo. You know, the record is 52. I had like 49. And then I was like, it kind of hit me like, you know, breaking history in the moment. is was a cool thing. Talk about a cool thing. How about
0: this? With that night, Tatum, now the first player in NBA history, with a 50-point performance in a regular season game, a playoff game, and now an all-star game. And just for kicks, he also scored 50 in a play-in tournament game as well. But, guys, let's talk some football and big news In the Jets' search for a veteran QB this offseason, the team met with former Raiders quarterback Derek Carr over the weekend. Carr and the Packers' QB Aaron Rodgers are thought to be atop the Jets' offseason wish list.
3: All right, Jeff Darlington, give us the latest on the Jets and Derek Carr. We have some hard conversations that are going to be happening in Florham Park this week because this one is getting extremely interesting. Derek Carr visiting with the team, and I'm told that it was a very positive meeting, that the Jets really believe that Derek Carr is the type of quarterback that can lead them to a potential championship. They also believe that the meeting went really well. Here's the rub, though. Aaron Rodgers still lingers, and the team also remains fascinated in the possibility of adding him. So why is that a problem? The timeline. Right now, we're looking at a situation where Aaron Rodgers hasn't even gone to the Packers to say whether he wants to be traded. We don't know if the Packers would be willing to trade him. We obviously know that there's a decision to be made there. So do the Jets go hard for Derek Carr now, or do they risk potentially losing him and waiting it out for Aaron Rodgers? It is an ultimate predicament. I expect hard conversations within Florham Park to figure out which direction they go on their quarterback position. Okay, Mike T., you've been in that position there in Florham Park.
0: It is Aaron Rodgers that we're talking about, so we're talking about one of the best, obviously, quarterbacks to ever do it. What do you think? What should the Jets do?
2: Sign Derek Carr. It's certainty when we pursued and were able to get Brett Favre, we had a good quarterback in Chad Payton. The Jets have no alternative now. Plus, with Aaron Rodgers, you have to give up draft choice compensation, as D. Wood said a year ago. Look, I don't think Derek Carr played great last year, 28th in the league, in completion percentage, 27th interception. But he does give you some veteran stabilization at a position where you've just been terrible. So to me, I don't want to wait on Aaron Rodgers. When you're running an NFL franchise, you want certainty and you want leadership from the quarterback position. If I was going to sign Aaron Rodgers – It would be a two-year deal with a massive guarantee in year two. But at least you know with Derek Carr, he'd be there, be there for the offseason program, and it's marked improvement over where you were a year ago.
0: You want a veteran quarterback, Woody, so then who's the better fit? Is it Carr? Is it Rodgers?
1: I mean, listen, you got to take everything in consideration. Not only play, draft compensation. You know, you still got to build your roster up. And when when I look at everything in its totality, I'm going with Derek Carr. We know Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback. There's no, there's no question of, you know, there's no question about that. But I think when you look at the Jets, this is not a team that's just all of a sudden, we got everything in place, all oh, we just need a quarterback. No, they still they got offensive line issues. They still got pieces that they need to add to this roster in order for them to, to take that next step. And so if you go to Aaron Rodgers route, albeit, you know, that would be obviously great for New York and for us to talk about, you're gonna be giving up, giving up assets that can help you build out your roster. And so for me, I look at it as, let me sign the guy that I, I can sign right now. Aaron Rodgers is off in his retreat or whatever. I got Derek Carr who's, you know, who's ready to sign with anybody right now who will fill a void that, quite honestly, the Jets have been terrible at the quarterback position, one of the worst positions in the National Football League over the last decade. You're right about that. You go back to 2010, because of the young guys, Sanchez, Wilson,
0: uh, Sam Darnold, The Jets have thrown the most interceptions and the fewest touchdown passes since 2010 at that quarterback position. So then, Jeff, I mean, what does that mean? If you say, hey, we had a great conversation here with Derek Carr, but you know what? We're going to wait.
3: I want to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. What kind of message is that sending to Derek Carr? I cannot think of a better uh, NFL analogy than a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. That expression is happening right now in Florham Park because let me give you the timeline. March 15th is when the trade window opens for NFL teams. Now, Aaron Rodgers could essentially go to the Packers now, they could talk it out, and they could have like a trade in principle that would be finalized on that day. But I guess my point in all of this is the Derek Carr situation essentially just moves up the urgency here. I I think that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers could simply say, hey, look, I'm Aaron Rodgers, this is the Packers, we're going to go on our timeline, but really, can they do that? Because this New York Jets situation, if, if the Packers are going to get compensation, this is one of the key teams to do it. So in my opinion, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers need to move up that timeline. They need to have those conversations now, figure it out before they lose the potential of a really solid landing spot if the Jets instead decide to go after Derek Carr
0: you know this is going to be a topic on First Take. and We all know how Stephen A. Smith feels about that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. In fact, he sent out this tweet. He said, I can't wait to get on First Take this morning. Not only throughout the NBA All-Star Weekend and talk about, but listen to Dam- Damian Woody, <laughs> Mike can Bob on Get Up, that blasphemous, ridiculous <laughs> statements regarding what the Jets have to do about it. Damn it. I'll see y'all at 10 a.m. That was my Stephen A. Smith person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he said, blasphemous that both of you guys would say Derek Carr. Well, I mean, that's his guy. That's his guy. Yeah. A- 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 you know, Aaron Rodgers, guy, he's always singing the praises of Aaron Rodgers, but someone's just trying to be pragmatic here. Yeah. That's a- all. D- did they make the playoffs last year? Oh. <laughs> did they make the playoffs last year? I love
0: it. I love it. By the way, you, you know they'll debate that. Hey, I'm not saying anything day. about. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to try to yeah. Good side. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> by the way, it is an I enormous week in the NFL by the way, guys, because that franchise tag window, it opens tomorrow. The clock is going to start ticking on the Ravens. Whether or not they're going to strike a deal with Lamar Jackson, Baltimore will have basically 2 weeks to either sign Jackson to a long-term deal or slap that franchise tag on him. Alright, so Jeff, back to
3: you here. Give, give us the latest with Lamar in Baltimore. Well, Lamar Jackson's situation is certainly interesting. I would expect a tag placed on Lamar this week. Now, quickly explaining the difference between the two tags they could use here, the exclusive franchise tag and the non-exclusive tag. What you really need to know as a fan is that the exclusive tag allows the Ravens to negotiate with Lamar Jackson without worrying about any other team stepping in. It costs more money, but ultimately it allows them to negotiate exclusively. The non-exclusive allows other teams to say, wait a second, we're going to try to step in here and we're going to try to take Lamar from you. And in doing so, we will have to give you, uh, by the rules of that non-exclusive tag, two first-round picks. So it's an interesting thing to see how this ultimately plays out. I know Mike T has his opinions. Uh, I want to hear his, but I'll revisit it and tell you why I think that Mike T is acting too much like a corporate executive here and not enough like a guy... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who needs to empower players and sign this guy to a big deal? All right, so Mike T, let me come to you. Which which one of those tags would you slap on him?
2: Yeah, I would put the traditional tag on, and I, I know Jeff doesn't see it the same way, but at $32 million, it takes up a large amount of your cap. And if someone gives you two first-round picks when you talk to people around the league, that is a possibility. I would do that, and maybe it's Atlanta that says, hey, we'll give up two ones for Lamar. The challenge is if you give the exclusive tag You could be upwards of $44, $45 million on a one-year deal. And keep in mind, when you franchise a player, they don't have to come in. So now you have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin. You have $45 million counting on your cap. And Lamar probably doesn't show up until the Tuesday before opening day. That's a bad situation for your franchise. Jeff, your response?
3: So this is why I think that you got to go the other route here. First of which is, Two first-round picks is not enough for Lamar Jackson. If you're the Ravens, you got to say, we're going to get more. Deshaun Watson was worth three first-round picks and other compensation when he got traded to the Browns. The other thing is here, you're crazy if you think that Lamar Jackson is going to play on either tag, let alone the less expensive one. He ain't playing for $30 million. In fact, he ain't even going to play for $45 million this year. So that tag really is meaningless as it pertains to this season. All it does is ultimately buys you some time to either negotiate a long-term deal the one that they want to get done with all that guaranteed money or find a way to trade him for more than two first round picks i ultimately think that you got to understand lamar jackson's desires here and what he plans to do and there is no way lamar jackson is playing on either of those tags i will say this based on 20 plus years in the nfl 100% of the
2: time this time of year no player ever will play under the franchise tag When you get to the first paycheck, no one's going to want to miss a paycheck that either is going to be slightly above or slightly below $2 million a week. I'm hard-pressed. Even Lamar Jackson is going to miss a paycheck at $2 million a week. You know, the
0: the crazy thing, I think of Kirk Cousins. He played on two tags, right? And now in Minnesota and has parlayed that into nothing but fully guaranteed. I mean, he's like in the Hall of Fame. The the reason –
3: The reason Lamar Jackson has not signed his deal with the Ravens is because he wants his contract fully guaranteed. He's not even willing to take an incredible offer from the Ravens. That's how deep his feet are in the sand right now. I just, this is not the typical negotiation. This is not the typical player. This is a guy who has been going off of his own principles for years now, and that ain't going to change at the most important stage of his professional life. Damian Woody, how are you seeing this? I, listen,
1: I don't, think, I don't think Lamar Jackson going to play under the tag. I think ultimately, it, I think Lamar Jackson, listen, first of all, he doesn't have an agent. Lamar Jackson is his own agent. So that, this whole thing is just totally different than your traditional, you know, the, the traditional route. I think ultimately, if the Ravens don't, aren't meeting Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, what his price tag is, I think he gets dealt. Where? Talk about Atlanta. Like Arthur Blank, remember, Arthur Blank was in on the, the Sean Watson uh, situation. Like Cleveland came in the last second and <laughs> swooped in and put that big deal out there. But Arthur Blank wants a, a quarterback down there in Atlanta. And, and, Brian, we keep
2: saying Baltimore doesn't have weapons. Kyle picks Drake London. I mean, he walks into a better situation on offense if he's with the Falcons. All right, we'll see what happens. Of course, like the it starts ticking tomorrow.
0: Coming up. You know, the Cowboys, they've certainly got enormous decisions to make of their own. What should they do with Z? How about Tony Pollard? Uh, do they have too many issues at all when he talks about the offense to fix everything? Plus, did you guys happen to see what Kevin Durant said about his trade demand and Kyrie's as well? Is it actually good for the NBA? We're going to talk about that coming up here on Get up. Meanwhile on planet Earth, check out this from uh, NBA All-Star weekend. The 76ers mascot. Look at this. Behind the back half court shot. Nice, right? right. Well, Luca's like, "Okay. L- l- let me let me check that out." So he tries his own. Now, how about Luca?
2: Look Jeeps. at
1: that, man. I mean, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> That's it's unbelievable. Nothing that dude like that dude is just amazing, man. That's why it's Luka That's Magic, real. Mike T. That's why it's Luka Magic. Could uh, D.K. back
2: block that <laughs> shot? <over laughs> yeah, <the title? laughs> You're right. I
0: think D.K. would have blocked that shot with, with the hop on that. Mike T., time for uh, Tag You Are It. Uh, let's start with Saquon Barkley. Uh, should the Giants tag that running back?
2: Absolutely. This is tailor-made for the franchise tag. He is a dynamic playmaker, not just running what we're seeing here out of the backfield. And to his credit, his pass protection this year got way better, about $10.2 million. We've seen other long-term running back deals not work out. So go short-term year-to-year and tag Barkley. Okay, let's talk quarterback. Should the Seahawks tag Geno Smith? Yes, probably. But gosh, I am proceeding with extreme caution. He played exceptionally well, one of the best stories of the 2022 season. It always scares me, though, when you get one year production, he's earned it. But again, it's going to be roughly about $32 million. I would work really hard in doing a shorter intermediate deal. Geno Smith has earned the right to be a starter, though, with the Seahawks. Should the Cowboys, and I'm going to listen to your answer very closely here, tag Tony Pollard? Absolutely. This is a no brainer to me. He's averaged over five yards per carry over the course of his career. He has 121 catches. He is big. He is fast. I am cutting Zeke Elliott, saving his cash around $10 million and giving it to Tony Pollard. I'm assuming he's going to be healthy. He had a bad injury against the 49ers. I think he'll be ready to go. But this guy is absolutely essential to Dak Prescott and the Cowboy offense.
0: Take take a look at this. You know, Pollard was, to your point, Mike T., sensational for the boys last year. Had 12 total touchdowns, 16 games. He outperformed Zeke Elliott. More rushing yards, uh, yards per touch all while making $12 million less than Zeke Elliott. So it begs the question, uh, will the Cowboys be able to fix all of these offensive
3: issues? What do you think here, Jeff? Well, first and foremost, I think most Cowboys fans point to the wide receiver position as the one that they'd like to see addressed. Someone opposite CeeDee Lamb that they haven't had since Amari Cooper was there. But one of the bigger issues that's facing this Cowboys team this offseason is not just adding players, it's retaining them. This offensive line has two starters about to hit free agency, another veteran who could be a cap casualty. So suddenly, not only do you want to go out and maybe find that wide receiver, but you've got to manage your own and figure out exactly what you want your offensive line to look like. That is no easy task. The Cowboys right now need to win the offseason if they're even going to sniff a shot of the championship in 2023. What do you think, Mike? Will they be able to that fix all their offensive issues? Yeah, I think it really
2: comes back to getting a, a frontline difference-making wide receiver because that makes everybody else them around better. So I'm assuming Pollard's going to be there. But then I go get maybe it's DeAndre Hopkins in a trade, Odell Beckham Jr., maybe I draft somebody. They have a lot of good pieces, but to me, when they lost to Mari Cooper, they lost a lot.
0: Well, and, and would because I, when I look at it, and especially me because I love the Cowboys, I look at that playoff game, I mean, Tony Pollard was hurt. They couldn't run the football. Zeke Elliott looked old, and mm-hmm. and then from the offense, C.D. Lamb was the only guy who caught caught a pass. Yeah. Michael Gallup couldn't get open. The rest of those guys couldn't get open. So you got that. Then the offensive line issues. I mean, will they be able to fix everything this offseason?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I don't know if they'll be able to fix everything. But here's the, the one area uh, for me: the offensive line. Like the offensive line, they were one of the they were one of the worst pass blocking offensive lines in the National Football League. Last year, we saw they got a, they got guys that are, that are really getting long in the tooth. I don't know I, we talked about Jason Peters, who was who was in there. Tyron Smith is, you know, getting long in the tooth. Obviously, he came back later in the year and he was actually playing right tackle. They got issues up front. And we know that the, when we think of the Dallas Cowboys, their core identity is up front. It's, it's like their office line and running the football. Well, they got a lot of problems up front. If they don't get that straightened out, it doesn't matter what you got going on everywhere else because you still have the problem at hand. So then it begs the question, if you get a good rod receiver, let's say
0: you get another running back, Brian Schottenheimer fixed. Dak Prescott's turnover issues.
2: Yeah, I saw it firsthand at the Jets. You know, Dak Prescott led the league with 17 17 interceptions. 11 of those 17 is when they had the lead or the game was tied. That's unacceptable. You have to know when you can push the ball down the field and when you can't. And I think that's one of the best things Brian Schottenheimer did with Mark Sanchez at the Jets. He did it well with Russell Wilson at the Seahawks. And there's a time and a place that you can take chances. Dak Prescott has to clean that up. I think Brian Schottenheimer will do that.
1: You were with him? Yeah. Absolutely. He did a a really good job with Mark Sanchez because, obviously, you know, we were ground and pound. But, you know, when you had a a young quarterback like Mark Sanchez was, you know, he had a propensity to turn the ball over. And I thought that Brian Schadenheimer did a really good job of trying to hone that in. Not necessarily eliminate it, but just hone it in enough for us to go out there and be successful.
0: Okay, guys. All right, coming up, we got to talk some hoop because All-Star Weekend was this past weekend. And one of the big concerns of the league uh, was – Guys, you know, not only demanding trades and load management, all that thing, but things you, you should have been watching us is the Greek three and his injury. We'll got to talk about that. And then there was Kevin Durant talking about his trade request. Was it good for the league? We'll delve into all of that. Brian Windhurst, Vince Carter, they're going to join us. But first, we got a little sneaky Darius time. He's in for him, Bo. This one, this is for Vince. We've been talking today about stars not competing in the dunk contest. Who was the last player to win the dunk contest and be named All-NBA in the same season? The answer, Vince, when we come back.
4: Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: The stage is set. The team's selected. Team LeBron. Team Giannis ready to go. Some call it pressure, but it's passion. Simple and Take your city while you busy stuck in your lane.
5: Hey, was that a message? Anything you can do, yeah. I can do better. Mitchell is oh. cooking right now. Oh. Raining threes here. Mitchell and Tatum. 55 for Jason Tatum. A three-pointer can win it for T. Lillard for the winner. Yeah. There you go. Team Giannis wins it tonight in Salt Lake City, Utah.
0: Well, yesterday was the third meeting in the All-Star Game between team LeBron, team Giannis. Now, LeBron had won the first two meetings in 2019 and 2020, but Giannis drafted the game MVP. Jason Tatum finally got his first win as an All-Star captain. And speaking of Giannis, played only 20 seconds in last night's All-Star Game. Giannis had the first bucket of the game and then checked out. Giannis suffered a wrist injury last Thursday against the Bulls. Vince Carter, Brian Windhorst, back with us here on Get Up. I remember, Wendy, you know, early in the season, he had the knee issue. He missed some games. How serious is this wrist injury with Giannis?
6: Yeah, that's what we're going to find out in the short period here because he's flying to New York today today to get it looked at by specialists after getting some imaging last week when he suffered the injury. Now, I'm not sure how long of a term injury this is going to be, but this is one of those situations where he may have to make a decision between playing through some discomfort or shutting it down to let it heal, which is we're kind of in the gray area right now in the stretch run of the season. And Brian, the Bucks have been red hot. they won 12 games in a row. They have pulled within a half game of the Boston Celtics for the number one seed. This is Giannis hasn't had a bunch of time with the starting lineup. This is not the time he wants to shut it down, but that's what's going to be examined as he goes to see uh, doctors today in New York.
0: Vince, I'm sure you play with all kinds of injuries, including a wrist thing. Is is this something that's going to linger the rest of the season with
7: Giannis? Oh, it's definitely going to linger the the rest of the season, and it's going to be accidentally hit when it comes playoff time because that's just how it goes. But uh, Giannis is, is obviously is a huge factor to this and like Wendy said, the Bucks have been hot on fire. And they're just getting Chris Middleton back and he's starting to play well and get his legs under him. But you see there, they're a half game out. But you look at the 76ers who are two and a half games behind the Bucks who want to eclipse. Or now they're looking at this injury like the rest of the world and say, hmm, maybe we have a shot now to move ourselves up to number two. I think still the Bucks will have home court advantage and they'll be fine. But this this injury report It's going to be huge for a lot of reasons. Now, of course, Giannis was one of the
0: team captains during the All-Star game, but the other uh, All-Star captain, LeBron James, and he picked Kyrie Irving for his team. Now, LeBron talked about Kyrie over the weekend. I want you to take a listen to this.
2: No, it's always great to team back up with Kyrie. Um, Obviously, you guys know how I feel about him, both uh, on the court and off the court. So um, it's always good to see him. Uh, You know, I'm very proud of him. Very proud of the man that he's, uh, you know, becoming his life right now. And so... You know, All Star Weekend is, is always great to get an opportunity to be around the guys that you watch play, that you admire play, that you compete against. But tonight was another uh, instance.
0: Okay, Wendy, you know LeBron better than anybody, and there's always a method to the madness when it comes to LeBron. Tell us why was he gushing so much about Kyrie?
6: Yeah. What do you think is going on here? You know exactly what's going on here. LeBron has <laughs> always used his drafts at All-Star Weekend as a free agency primer. In 2019, the entire team he picked was either players who were going to be free agents or players who were about to demand trades to the Lakers, which Lanthony Davis did shortly after he picked them. This is absolutely a free agent maneuver. LeBron picking him, LeBron praising him. Pretty much, if you look at the last seven or eight years of the LeBron Kyrie relationship, LeBron says nice things about Kyrie. One, he's about to be a free agent. And so that's what he is going to be this summer. Now, it's still way too early to know how it's going to work out in Dallas. But LeBron knows he wants to leave all options open. So when the microphones are on and Kyrie is in the room, it's a good idea to make it sound like you want to be his best friend again.
0: Uh, I see you shaking your head, Vince.
7: Yeah, man. I mean, Wendy hit on the head. I mean, he's a thinker. He thinks the game. He plays the game at a high level, high basketball IQ. But off the court, he's always having the wheels in motion and thinking ahead. Uh, Wendy knows that you know he, he wanted to get Luca on his brand before he went on to to brand Jordan, and he knows this is the right time. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to set the stage right now. Plant that seed right now. Let you guys know what I'm planning to try to do this summer. So I look forward forward to seeing how this plays out. More than likely, we probably will see Kyrie in a Laker uniform because of this.
0: Yeah, some of the guys are playing checkers. LeBron likes to play chess when it comes to trying to get guys on his team. You know, over the weekend, Kevin Durant was asked also about the player movement in the nba take a listen to what KD had to say
1: i don't think it's bad for the league it's bringing more eyes to the league more people are more excited the tweets that i got and the news hits that we got from me being traded kyrie being traded just bring more attention to the league and that's really what makes you money is when you get more attention so i think it's great for the league to be honest teams been trading players and making acquisitions for a long time now when a player can Kind of dictate where he wants to go and leaving free agency or demand a trade is just part of the game now. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's bringing more and more excitement um, to the game.
0: Here, KD says it's bringing more excitement, more attention to the league. Players demanding trades now. Is it good for the league? What do you think, Wendy? You
6: know, I think they're, you know, it's, be- it's certainly good for star players. Star players having this much agency. Star players starting to get paid about $50 million a year in the very short-term future um, and their ability to change their situation without dramatic repercussions. That's, it's never been better for star players, but I think that there is a nuance in between what's good for transactions, what's good for news stories and social media, and what may be good for the league. I think what's good for the league is great on-the-floor court product. That historically, over 75 years, is what's driven the league, not transactional excitement. And we're in an era right now where there's a lot more interest in transactional excitement than maybe there needs to be on the, the product on the floor.
0: All right, where well, you follow on this, Vince?
7: I, I want to follow up with Wendy. I'm going to say this. I'm going to start by saying the Brooklyn Nets are, are excited or are happy. And I say, when you lose Kevin Durant, when you lose Kyrie Irving and you don't get those type of players back, you can't be excited. You're satisfied. You have some budding superstars. Cam Johnson, you know, I have to give a shout-out to my Tar Heel. Um, Mikael Bridges, who is a budding superstar himself. Like, you got some quality pieces. And Jock Vaughn, who has historically shown that he he can get his guys to play extremely hard, which the Nets are doing. But you did not get a Kyrie Irving or... Uh, KD type player back so it, 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 as a player yeah I understand I, I agree with them. Like, you know, you, we're, we're making noise we're making splash obviously when you hear Kevin Durant or Kyrie wants to be traded it's going to just it's trending number one on social media but on the flip side as a person who wants to one day hopefully be a part of ownership and management it's tough to deal with and you have to try to make the right deals and sometimes like you see here you don't get what you give out all the time you don't get that back
0: Now, of course, the dunk contest got a lot of attention uh, over the weekend. We got to talk about that. But first, before we get to the dunk contest, VC, we got a little sneaky trivia here for you. Uh, The question, who was the last person to win the dunk contest and be named All-NBA in the same season?
7: So I was trying not to cloud my brain with this. And when you said the last person, the first thing I said, the last person to win. And then All-NBA. So I'm thinking Dwight Howard, and I'm going to stick with that, Dwight Howard. Wow. How about that? you right on it. It's good. <laughs> the money. You're right on it.
0: I thought Seeky Darius was trying to get us because I was going to say Vince Carter, but no, it is Dwight Howard the 2008. I can think of. <laughs> Look at V.C. Yes, I love it. I love it. All right, well, we got to check out some eye candy here, uh, V.C., because it is the NBA Slam Dunk Contest, and Mac McClung completed really some real great dunks, including three perfect 50s en route to winning the contest.
7: Okay, Vince, you're a Slam Dunk champ. What would you think about the performance? Hey, I, I enjoyed his performance, and you can just see the passion and the love and enjoyment in doing this you know one thing that that i i enjoy and i appreciated about mac mcclung is he wanted to be in this contest he wanted to win this contest yes all guys say yeah i'm going to go in the dunk contest and i'm, I'm going in to win it but you can feel that in mac mcclung and that was it, it that was me when when i got into this in, in the contest many many years ago my goal was to win it i prepared for it i was locked in i was focused on winning it and and it it showed there so you know they say he saved uh uh, the dunk contest or whatever oh i just thought he he, i think he brought attention to it and people enjoyed the fact that he put it all out there because he wanted to win and he wanted to be there yeah wendy it's interesting because it got a lot of
0: attention people loved the final was finally exciting guys making great dunks on their first attempt yet other people said man it was a g leaguer though who won it where do you fall on it wendy
6: well, he is a spectacular dunker. He is an Instagram star. It was great for him. Major congratulations. But he is not an all-star. And this is emblematic of what All-Star Weekend has become. It has become so diluted with the players themselves being less and less and less interested in the product every single year. And we now have a guy who won the slam dunk contest who has not played a second in the NBA this season. This is the All-Star Weekend. It is not the Instagram Weekend. So I don't I want to separate it by, I don't want to take anything away from him. But this is not something that this was not designed for. This this was designed to promote the stars of the league, and he is not one. And that should be a, a real reality check for where the league and this contest is.
0: Okay, Damian Woody, I, I know you love the
1: league, yep. you love ball. How did you feel about it? I, I think Wendy hit it right on the head. Like, I, like, first of all, shout out to McClung. He's a VA guy just like myself. Okay, so I thought he went on out went out there and put on the show. <laughs> Get that out the but way. But at the same time, like. I wanna see the big dogs in the NBA get after the you. The know John I mean? Morant, Zion. Yeah, man, like, like, okay, y'all jamming on everybody else. Let me see you, let me see you go out there and doing it on the big stage in the All-Star game. So like, listen, shout out to Mac McClung for doing his thing, but I wanna see the John Morant and, and some of these other big name guys, you know, Zion, all those guys. I wanna see them out there. Real quick, Vince, what do you
7: got? No, I'm, I'm. I agree with you, and I don't. I don't know. And, and for guys, athletes, or players who don't like the fact that it was an Instagram star, if you would, and Matt McClellan who won it, you there's some. You could do something about it by entering, or you know. And so I, I just, I, I'm still can't put my finger while around why some of the stars of the of the game do not want to get into the dunk contest and perform. I know they're worried about their brand and afraid of losing, but. More than anything, I think people will enjoy the product that's put out there because it's people, like D. Woody said, it's the superstars that we want to see from the show that they put on in-game.
0: We'll see. Zion Williamson said if he participate, it would probably be next season. We'll see.
7: All right. Uh, Coming up,
0: our ACC Big 12 Monday doubleheader that comes your way tonight, 7 Eastern. Duke hosts Louisville, and then you got Jalen Wilson, fifth-ranked Kansas, taking on TCU, both games on ESPN and the app. Okay, coming up, Damian Woody. We're going to make him play matchmaker. He's going to tell you the five moves he'd love to see this offseason, including a huge trade. That's next on Get Up.
7: the nba created the kareem abdul jabbar social justice champion award abdul jabbar has long been committed to using his influence to engage on social issues to promote equality and fight discrimination and in 2016 kareem
6: was awarded the presidential medal of freedom the nation's highest civilian honor
0: back here on get up with damian woody and we're going to d wood's Top five moves he'd like to see this offseason. Let's go.
1: Yeah, so let's start at number five. I'm going to go with Jimmy G. We know that the Las Vegas Raiders, they're going to probably be in on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Yeah. But they settle for Jimmy G. Obviously, we know Josh McDaniels and Jimmy G have a relationship going back to the Patriot days. This will be a reunion of sorts out in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. How about number four? How about number four? Number four, got... What, T. Higgins? Yeah. How about this? A trade. Wow. New York Giants trade for T. Higgins. Listen, T. Higgins, New York Giants, they need a receiver, number one receiver in the worst way. We know that in Cincinnati, they got a lot of guys coming up for contract. They got Joe Burrow. They're going to have Jamar Chase coming up. T. Higgins, can they afford to pay all those guys? I'm making it as the New York Football Giants make a trade for T. Higgins. Number three, I got, got Derek Carr, huh? Yeah, number three, I got Derek Carr. Derek Carr going to the Saints. Wow, okay. First visit. First visit out, out of the gate was to New Orleans. Right, right. Okay, this is an organization that clearly feels they have a lot of parts in place. They have a very good defense. They got Kamar. They got Chris Olave on offense. They got a lot of nice pieces on the offensive side. They just need a quarterback in a weak division, by the way. So, Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints makes a lot, makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Now about number two, you got Lamar. Number two, yeah, we're going with a we're going with a blockbuster. Why not? We're going with a oh. blockbuster. How about Lamar Jackson getting traded to the Atlanta Falcons? We know Lamar Jackson has been steadfast about his contract situation. He's going. He's leaning more towards the the Deshaun Watson contract than anything else. And I think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to franchise tag Lamar Jackson. He's not going to play on the the franchise tag. And I think this is a situation where Arthur Blank, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, he he was in on that Deshaun Watson deal comes around and pulls the trigger and makes a blockbuster deal. It would be like Michael Vick old days there in Atlanta. All right, number one then. Uh, Number one, one, listen, Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Ah. We've been been talking about it. You know my feelings on it. I've talked about it all show, but I think at the end of the day, end of the day, I think the Jets have their eyes clearly set on Aaron Rodgers, one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks that we've seen in the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets.
0: All right, they got to bring in Mike Tannenbaum back in here, Jeff Darlington as well. And, you know, listen, Jeff, I guess I'll start with you because where do we stand with the Jets' quarterback pursuit of Carr and Rodgers?
3: Well, first of all, I, 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 I recall Damian Woody putting Derek Carr on the Jets because he doesn't want to wait for Aaron Rodgers. D Wood, man, you either got to pick Derek Carr or wait for Aaron Rodgers. Which one are you doing? Well I'm listen, I gave you my opinion what what I thought what
1: like what I would do, but this list is list what I think is gonna happen. Yeah. Okay, so that's two different uh, that's fair. it's two different scenarios here. Don't try to invade my time. Don't try to invade my time right now, Okay? This is my list. My list. Give
3: us the latest. This yeah? is my list. <laughs> Alright, so here's the deal. Derek Carr did visit with the Jets and I'm told that things went really well. So the Jets have a really tough decision to make here. And D Wood might have nailed it. Derek Carr could very well still go to the Saints and ultimately solve this riddle for the Jets without them even having a say in it. Because they would, they are fascinated by Aaron Rodgers. They are interested in whether he winds up getting traded from the Packers, and they would be a team that would potentially be willing to entertain uh, such conversations. So now the Jets have to have hard conversations. Do they sign Derek Carr now? Do they push hard for him? Or do they try to wait to see what the Packers and Aaron Rodgers do? To Damian Woody's point, though, his list, his list might actually wind up being pretty accurate. Okay, Mike T, then, what do you
0: think the Jets should do? Should they get Derek Carr now, or should you wait on Aaron Rodgers?
2: You know, guys, I'm going to go plan C here, and here's why. If Derek Carr goes to Saints, which makes sense, Dennis Allen, look, Aaron Rodgers... As John Fink just reminded us, he didn't play good last year. They did not make the playoffs, and they were getting better and better. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs came along. D-Wood, you made this point a couple times today. You have to give up a lot of compensation. When we trade for Brett Favre at the Jets, we give up a third-round pick. There's no way the Packers are taking a third-round pick for Aaron Rodgers. Because of that... I don't want to give up a first or a second round pick for uncertainty. You're going to get maybe one year, possibly two. Why not go get CJ Stroud, Will Levis, move up from 13, and go get your guy for the next decade? You're going after two band aids, and candidly, neither player played good football a year ago. But it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> this is Aaron. If, it's, if the league is about Ty win Griggs. now, isn't that you, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers Rogers. is the guy? You could, you could win now if you have a good offensive line. Run the ball, right? We've we've run that play before. We'll, we'll see. It was, it, the clock will start
0: ticking here very soon. All right, it's time to get up and yep. run here. And let's start with Tiger Woods. Uh, ran out of gas, though, in that final round of the Genesis Invitational. Woods. Five bogeys. He carded a two over seventy-three yesterday to finish the event at just one under. It was though the first time he played seventy-two holes at a tournament since the Masters last April. Tiger, we finished sixteen strokes behind the winner, John Rahm, who is now uh, once again the number one ranked golfer in the world. That forty-five foot buttery putt there on fourteen helped him beat. Max Homa by two strokes. And an unlikely winner at the Daytona 500. How about Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Won the race double overtime under a caution in the longest running of the great American race. It was Stenhouse's first win in five years. And to the NBA, Kevin Love. He's going to sign with Miami after clearing waivers. That's what his agent told Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday. 34-year-old agreed to that buyout with the Cavs on Saturday. And tonight, two of the top women's teams in the Pac-12, they square off, and it's a big one. ESPN 2 and the app. Third-ranked Stanford, 16th-ranked UCLA. Coverage begins 9 Eastern after Oklahoma State and West Virginia. The men tip it off here on ESPN. All right, first take. Coming up next, are the players demanding trades for the NBA? Is it good for the league? Plus, Stephen A., Last night, his take on the All-Star Game. First take comes your way. Top of the hour.
5: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify?
0: Hey, check this out. Meanwhile, on Planet Earth, this play from the XFL over the weekend, Ben DiNucci scrambling. And what's the flip there? To Josh Gordon Ooh. for the touchdown. How about that? Okay, okay. Ben DiNucci, oh. former Cowboy backup quarterback. A little, 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 little Mahomian. Yeah. I was just going <laughs> to say, Patrone's <laughs> lightning. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, also, meanwhile, Planet Earth, how about this jumping catch? DK Metcalf. Got an NFL drug test hey, shortly players. after this video, by the way. <laughs> so everyone on Man. social media's been talking about: Is this thing real? Is it fake, Jeff Darlington?
3: I just I, I'm amazed that people are so gullible these days. We know this is fake, people. He jumped yeah. 40.5 <laughs> inches at the combine. We know how high he jumps. God bless him, though. I, I, could you imagine? If I jumped I, like that, people would be like, that's fake. He, this I, guy, he can do it. And actually triple him Jeff, the thing is real. I want Jeff Darlington to tell D. Cape that. Right. <laughs> his face. So, hey, guys, I'm in the confines of my home. I fight with D. Wood and everybody else from here. Yeah, he later admitted that it
0: was fake, by the way. Thanks for watching. First take, Molly, Stephen A., they're next.